Brother David Landis from Harrisburg. He's pastored the church uh, Word of Grace in Harrisburg. We've um, tried to get him in a couple of times and schedules and other things were conflicting, but we have him here tonight. So he's been a friend of Pastor Dale Armstrong for a long time, friend of ours, and we want to welcome him. So go ahead and come. And also, I just wanted to announce, too, that we're going to put a basket at the back because we want to bless him. We want to send him out blessed. So there'll be a basket at the back. And uh, you can give him love. Thank you, Jennifer. Praise God. It's good to be with you folks. If you've never seen me before, you probably were not at any of the Armada meetings. <laughs> but uh, I did preach here. We were trying to figure out how many years ago it was. But uh, anyhow, in fact, I, I just retired from pastoring in January after 43 years. And I turned it over a young man in the church. Well, he's not young, he's almost 50. <laughs> he could be my, be my son. So it's working out real well. The transition's going good. And it's, it's allowed me to freed me up to do more traveling and things like that. And I'm waiting for uh, this COVID thing to be over. So I can go back overseas and some things. I've made over 25 trips to Russia and Ukraine in Moldova, that part of the world, and I'm anxious to get back to that part of the world and do some ministry as well. Amen. And I have my wife with me, Barbara, and she was my driver tonight. I always teach her about being a bad driver, and she didn't like me to do that, but when we first got the GPS thing, you know, we were going down the road and it said, please make a turn at the next right. Next right. Go 100 feet, pull off the road. I want out, it said. So. <laughs> no, she's good. She's a good driver. I have some books I brought along. During COVID, I, you know, things had slowed down pretty much church wise. So I took time to do some writing. I have a book called Go and Sin No More. It's on the subject of marriage, remarriage, and divorce, a grace look at them. And it's not written to encourage you to get a divorce. You know, divorce is a sin. Amen. Amen. It's missing the mark. But there is restoration in God's plan for if you make that tragic mistake. You know, sometimes we think, well, grace will keep us from suffering all the things we, we did when we sinned. No, grace will then help you move on. But you still will reap some ramifications. I mean, divorce, there's a lot of ramifications of that. And, uh, you know, in the body of Christ, there's about 50% of people are divorced that are in our, in our services nowadays. So that's back there. And I, this is called Moving On to Perfection. It's about the church where I believe God wants to take us and the love walk and some good things in there that would uh, be a blessing to you. And this is another one, the children's bread is about healing, insight to uh, divine healing. I didn't do that. <laughs> I know I have a dy dynamic personality, but it had nothing to do with that. So after service, if, you, if, if you'd like to, and if you, if you don't have any money, it's for uh, an offering of any size. How's that? Offering of any size. Or you can go to my website. This is an exciting night here. Tonight. Is it storming outside or something? Oh. Oh, that's hail. Okay. Hail, hail, the gang's all here. Amen. It'll stop here in a minute. Amen. So anyhow, where was I? Distracted, no. Amen. My competition tonight, huh? All right. Anybody have their windows down in their car? <laughs> too, it's too late if you do. Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians here tonight. And I believe God has given me a word for the body of Christ. And 
You know, I was on the phone on the way here, called a friend of mine. Called a friend of mine, his wife answered the phone. And she, she can just go on and talk and talk. And she's a hypochondriac. You ever meet someone like that? And just going on, all the stuff that was wrong with her, all the problems and so forth. And I thought, Jesus help her. <laughs> Amen. But tonight I will talk to you about how you cast your cares on the Lord. It's a terminology we use a lot of times. We say, you need to cast your cares on the Lord. But how do we do that? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Can everybody hear me? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. As it says, praying always with all prayer. One translation said, all kinds of prayers. You know, there's different kinds of praying. There's prayers of intercession. There's, there's prayers of agreement, prayers of dedication, there are prayers of petition. So the Bible encourages us to pray, amen, and, and not to worry. Some people like to worry. I, you know, my mother passed away about, when was it, 1990? Or help me, 19, a long time ago already. And she, you know, in her latter days, she was a very, very worrisome type person. And I'd go visit her, and she would, she watched the news too much. You know what I mean? Some old people that thought they, you know, they retire and they sit and watch CNN all day and these newscasts, and they get in, in fear. But you and I, as believers, we don't need to be afraid, amen? Because we know who, how it's all going to turn out. Hallelujah! But we need to pray. Take things to God in prayer. Go with me to First Peter, chapter five. Now, First Peter, chapter five. Prayer is such an important part of our walk of the Spirit, and you know, I, it's important we know how to pray. You know, and we're not going to get into that here tonight. But basically, we come to the Father in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an Amen? That's that. That gives us our entrance. Hallelujah. Here in First Peter five seven, it says. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. I attended Raymond Bible Training Center back in 1976. Some of you weren't born then yet. And uh, I sat at the feet of Kenneth Hagin for, I mean, I sat in the front row. I, wouldn't, I didn't want to miss anything. And when I graduated from Raymond, God told me to come back to central Pennsylvania and teach his people faith. And I've been obedient to that call. And uh, I like to talk about faith. Amen? Because without it, it's impossible to please God. Right? And according to Mark 11, 23 and 24, if we have faith and we don't doubt in our heart, we can talk to mountains and they'll pick themselves up and move to the near sea. Amen? I like, I'm glad they go into a sea because I can't see them anymore. You know, there's a lot of mountains underneath the ocean, but you can't see the water covers them. But you can speak to your mountains and they'll find a near sea if you don't doubt in your heart. So it's important that we, we be sober, like he says here in verse 8. Because there's an adversary called the devil. He's going about as a roaring lion. He, he's not really a lion. He just acts like one. And uh, he seeks whom he may devour. That, that implies to me that there's some people that he, he can't get. He has to seek. That's good news. Amen. That means I can put on the whole armor of God. Amen. And I know how to pray. And I can know how to cast my cares on the Lord. Like it says here in verse Seven it says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. That word care there means worries, anxieties, fears. And, you know, we are, we're human beings. We do have the opportunity to, you know, take the wrong thoughts and think things of the negative realm. By nature, I'm pretty much a positive person, so I don't have a lot of trouble with that. But I, you have been around some negatrons, you know. They're just, everything's negative. It's... Nothing's going to turn out right, you know, and 
I'm just not that way. I'm very positive because I've learned to serve my God and I know he, he always wins. Amen. But it says we're to cast all care upon him for he cares for you. That word care there means you're the object of his love and interest. That's out of W.E. Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words. Again, you're the object of his love and interest. He knows what you're facing. He knows what kind of cares or worries or fears that you may be facing in life. But he's waiting for us to cast those cares on him. In fact, we're not designed to carry cares and worries and fears. People that carry them many times wind up even in mental hospitals. Are you with me? You know, some people can't handle, can't handle life. Well, if you learn some things here, I'm going to teach you here tonight, you'll be able to face anything the devil throws at you. Isn't that good news? You'll be one of them whom he cannot devour. He may roar in your life, and he does roar. He may be at your door roaring. Amen. Barbara and I were in Russia one time at a zoo over there. And I think that's the first time I ever heard a lion actually roar. And it, it, it was threatening. <laughs> it was awesome. This big old roar came forward, and here's this lion. It sounded like a jet plane coming over. But anyhow, we're not to be afraid when he roars. Like one pastor said, or one preacher said, you know, he roars, but the, Jesus took all his teeth. Amen. So. Amen. Amen. So again, we're to cast all our cares. The Amplified says all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, then it added this phrase, once and for all on him. And that's, that's what faith is all about, believing when you pray, that, that he's heard your prayers, amen? And now he has them, and he's doing something about your circumstances and situations. That's what we call living by faith. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4. Another verse is very similar to First Peter, Philippians chapter 4. And I'll just read verse 6 with it. Is that all right? You guys are used to good Bible teaching here, amen? I finally got to hear Brother Sidney preach here at the conference here. <laughs> He's a good Bible teacher as well. It says this, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. That sounds like a command to me. Uh, how many remember the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy? Yeah. Uh, remember the whistling? I was, I was preaching this message in Russia, and uh, I, started, I, I mentioned that, and they all started whistling the song. In the middle of Siberia, I said, you heard this song before? They all know it. But we're not to, to be full of worry. Amen? We're to be happy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. People should see us and think we're on some kind of drugs. And we are. We're on the most high. I did have a drug problem when I was a kid. Though. My mom drugged me to church all the time. But that's a, that, yeah. <laughs> but again, be careful for nothing. Or we might say, don't worry. Don't be carrying cares, anxieties, and fears around, but in everything, not for everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I guess this sounds like First Peter again. And then in verse 7, I read it, it says, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I think the Amplified says that it'll guard your hearts and minds. All right, but you have to learn to cast your cares on him. I remember back to the, th the days of the Three Mile Island crisis. How many were alive in Three Mile Island? Well, yeah, I'm from Harrisburg, a little closer to it than you guys here. But uh, <laughs> I, we had just started a church at that time. I got back from Raymond. It was 1978, I think it was, right? 79. 79? I know it was close to there. And uh, I remember I got a... Everybody was leaving town, people, because you know there's going to be a meltdown, and it, the news was bad news. And of course, I'm, I just go back to Rama. I'm a faith man, you know, full of faith and powder. And I, <laughs> and I remember uh, uh, I got a phone call from my friend who 
out in Cleveland, Ohio. And he says, I, he says, you guys still in town? I said, yeah. He said, well, I have a man in my church that works with nuclear power. He said he would not be within 100 miles of that place. And I said, no problem. I said, we prayed, we spoke, you know, we're faithful. We talked to that thing. We said, it's not going to happen. And of course, after I did my little spew, I laid back in bed and it hit me. And I felt my, my body started to shake. Uncontrollably, fear tried to grip me. Fear's a horrible thing. And of course, my wife said, what's going on? And I just told her basically what it was happening. And I said, we need to pray. We need to give, we need to pray again, so to speak. And uh, I began to pray in tongues. How many pray in tongues? Because when you pray in tongues, your spirit prays and you're built up. You're edified. Amen. I needed some building up. I mean, I was talking faith, but I needed some strength. We prayed in tongues. And I remember we, we said, all right, Father God and Jesus, we, we give this care of this thing to you. You told us to come here and start a church. You know, and the devil's not going to melt this thing down and just, you know. He's not going to do it. And for once and for all, I'm giving it to you, Lord. And from this point, I'm not going to worry about it and be afraid of nuclear power. Now, I'm not talking about it. I'm not going to go down to there and walk inside the, you know, <laughs> the core, right? But, you know, and then a, a peace just settled into our hearts. I remember this verse, and the peace of God. I just felt like angels came into the room, and I knew God was going to take care of the thing. And it did. Amen. Hallelujah. We're all still alive. Amen. You're still living in central Pennsylvania. But we had to cast our care on the Lord. In fact, uh, Matthew 6, go there with me, a very familiar passage. You know, I wasn't told how long I have here tonight, so we'll just play it by ear now. In Matthew 6, I, I, this is one of my favorite teachings of Jesus about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things the Gentiles seek will be added unto you. I, I just I get amazed at how many Christians don't get it. They seek everything but the kingdom of God. Then when everything has not worked, then they come they want prayer, they want healing, you know. I remember one one brother said he said, you know, we should have people repent when they get in our healing lines, because they've been to every doctor in town. Now they want God to heal. Moving right along. It says, seek ye first. To call your pastor up. Call the elders, it says. Amen? Make sure they, they believe God, too. You don't want elders that don't know the prayer of faith. <laughs> Here in verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? What's the answer? Yes, because we're created in his image. Can you hear an amen? Thank God for animals, thank God for creatures, but we don't worship them. Hallelujah. We're created, man's created in God's image. It makes us unique. And so we are better than them. Amen. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Well, the answer is, you, don't, you can't get bigger by thinking. Amen? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith. He describes what little faith is. They're not just believing for the basic things of life. It don't take a whole lot of faith for, for believe God for clothing. How many got clothes on here now? You don't? Yeah. And you, how many had supper? You ate? Yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's little faith for that stuff. But verse 31, Therefore take no thought, say. See, here's how you take thoughts. You say them. Amen. We're not to take the thoughts of worry and fear and anxieties that you may be faced with, what your sense realm was telling you. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. That word sight there in the Greek is the word senses. We're not moved by what we hear, feel, taste, touch, or smell. We're only moved by what God has declared to be the truth. Amen? 
So we, if you're, be careful what you say. Because you may not believe what I say, but you'll believe what you say. The psychologists tell us if you say anything long enough, you'll believe it. Well, God knew that. That's what he said, speak the word. Amen? That's how your, 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 your brain is programmed to remember what you... You know, you all took tests in school. You know, you, you memorize things. You sit, that's how we learn things. Can I hear an amen? But he says here, take no thought saying what we shall eat, what we shall drink, or wherewith shall we be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. Uh-oh. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the days, the evil thereof. There's enough bad stuff happening, don't be thinking about it and talking about it. That's what he's telling us. So I believe, we, as believers, we can live a worry-free life. We can. I, you know, Barb, am I a warrior? No. I'm not a warrior. I'm a warrior, not a warrior. <laughs> Amen. I've learned some things to do when you're under pressure. I have the opportunity to take thoughts, but I've learned not to take them by what I say. In fact, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, casting down thoughts and imaginations, you ever read that scripture? And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. See, that's, that's how I deal with thoughts. I don't just not think about these thoughts. I bring the word of God into the situation. I speak the word. Then I'm thinking about what God has said, not the, what the devil's trying to program me with or what I'm, my sense realm is telling me or most people are telling me. Now, I, I've been through some things in my life where I've had some negative reports from doctors. Probably should be dead by now. How about a bar? But I'm still alive because I have refused to agree with what they were saying about me. Of course, when I, was, I was in the hospital here. I was that four years ago. I don't know. Anyhow, they, they, they brought the, the psychiatrists in to see me. <laughs> Two of them. Because they figured this guy's a nutcase here. Because I just would not agree with what they're saying. And I was, I didn't get upset and, you know, oh, I'm going to die. No, no. Just, just, I learned to trust in God. I, I, I practice what I preach. Amen. Moving right along. No, no condemnation for anybody here. But we can live a worry-free life. Because, again, worrying is a sin. Uh-oh. You know, most believers I know, they don't lie anymore. They don't go out and fornicate and commit adultery and steal. But some of them are, are very good at worrying. And you get around a person like that, it's going to come out of their mouth because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. I can tell what's inside you by listening to your conversation. Amen? <laughs> In fact, you know, I... I, I I believe worrying is worse than the addiction of tobacco. Bad as that is. I believe it'll kill you quicker than chewing tobacco would. Never mind. You guys don't do that in Lancaster County. I guess. <laughs> you know, people say to you, well, how goes the battle? And I will say, what battle are you talking about? I've had people say, how goes the battle, Pastor? I don't know. I guess I'm in a battle. I'm just walking by faith. and The joy of the Lord is my strength. Praying a lot in tongues. Keeping myself strong. Amen. In fact, I refuse to lose sleep over anything. Because I've learned to cast my cares on the Lord. In fact, Jesus said it this way. Your burden should be light. Amen. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. What the amplified version of First Peter five seven says, "For He cares for you affectionately, and cares for you, and cares about you watchfully." I like that. I like the, the translations. Again, He cares for us. Now, that doesn't mean He's automatically going to do something in your circumstance. 
Are you with me? The book of Hebrews says we must come boldly to the throne room of grace in our time of need to get help. Every day, Hebrews chapter 4, last few verses of that chapter. You've got to do something. You can die. It's not God's fault. Amen? You can wear yourself to death. I do a World War II reenactment. God told me to get a hobby a couple of years ago. so <laughs> That's what I do now when I get the opportunity. And uh, we sing the old hymns there. We do like a World War II setting. I'm a chaplain. And so we, 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 always, we always sing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. You know, that, that's a good old song. I mean, some of the songs, not too good. But that, you know, Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. See, that's, 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 that's biblical, amen? Once and for all. Again, we've got to deal with our anxieties because it says, be careful for nothing. Now, I've had people think that I'm hard-hearted because I don't seem like I care. You know, as a pastor, I, you've got to care more than that pastor. Don't you care about what I'm facing? No, I'm not going to carry that. I have enough of my own stuff I've got to keep giving to Jesus. Amen. Amen? But the reason most people can't walk by faith is because they don't know what the promises are. Some people want to use faith as a parachute. Get them out of a bad situation. The plane's going down. Give me a verse, Pastor. You know, I think it's a little bit late for that now. I think you're going to depend on the mercy of God here, and He's more merciful than I am. But you need to know what the Scripture says. You know, standing on the promises of Christ our King. What promise are you standing on? In fact, I've been known to challenge people. They come to me and say, Pastor, will you agree with me that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus? I say, yeah. Give me a few verses that you're standing on. And they just, you know, they don't know. They just know what I've, what I've said. You need to know what the Word said. It's a sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You need to know what God has said about you. Your inheritance. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> if you don't cast your care in the Lord, you'll worry. And worry magnifies the problem or the mountain. It makes it bigger. Do you ever just lay in bed and just think about a bad situation? It just gets worse and worse. You've all done that. I got the right crowd here. And I know. That's why you need to know the promises of God. In fact, the book of James 1.22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. Again, I like to do word studies. That word hearers there is a word that we use in our, even in our modern society. When someone goes to college, you can, you can just sit and hear the class and not take the test. What do you call that? There's a word for it. Audit. Well, I'm glad you came tonight. There's people just go and they audit a class. And they're not responsible for taking the test. And, you know, whatever. And there's a lot of people who come to church. And they just want to audit the sermon. They don't want any tests with it. But according to Mark 4, the fourth chapter, every time the Word of God is sown, Satan comes immediately to steal it. You're going to be tested for what you hear. I often thought about, you know, on our church bulletin, you know, putting a disclaimer, we're not responsible for what happens to you after you sit through our preaching here. Because <laughs> Satan will come. And if I preach a message about healing, you're going to get all kind of physical symptoms that night. Or if it's prosperity, whatever, preaching the good news, the gospel, Satan comes to steal that. You're thinking that the Word of God doesn't work. But we're to be doers of the Word, not just auditing the Word. I always say it this way, tests are not hard when you know the answers. True, true. Well, the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. But if you don't know the Word, and you're not studying the Word, you don't hear the Word, you're not attending church regularly, whatever. 
Like I said, some people don't tell me I see them in churches when they're having problems. And they, they want me to wave the magic wand. And all their worries, all their anxieties and fears and tests and trials that just float away. Then work that way. You've got to fight the good fight. How many of you have ever had a good fight? I had a good fight in high school one time. I won. <laughs> if you're losing, that's not a good fight. Yeah, I, the, the school bully, I'll never forget this. It's one of those things you never forget. He wanted to fight my buddy. I had a car back in those days. I had a lot of friends, you know. And uh, every day we'd pass this guy. He, he, he had flunked about two or three years, so he was a lot bigger than everybody else. And uh, my friend of mine gave him a gesture with his hand one time as we were passing him. <laughs> you can figure out what happened. Of course, he was, he was mad, and he wanted to fight him. And I was out there waiting for him after school one day, and... He, was, he had band practice or something. This guy came out. And he says, I'm going to fight you. He's not here. I says, all right. And he pushed me. And I, he just, I'm, not, I'm not aggressive, but you push me. I'm coming back. Are, are you like that? I, I don't like to start fights, but don't push me. I'm coming out fighting. And man, I came out and clobbered him down. And he was a big guy. He, he became a good friend of mine after that. <laughs> In fact, he even attended my church for a while years ago. God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? Where am I at my story? Do is the word. If you know the answer, amen. You don't have to be afraid to take tests. Now, I was blessed. I don't know about you. I'm not bragging on myself, but I never took a book home from high school that I can remember. I would study in study hall, or doing another class. I just never booked. My mom said, don't you get any homework? I do it at school. Anybody else like that? I, I could do two or three things at the same time. You know what I mean? I, I don't know there's a word for it, too. I can't think what it is. So anyhow, <laughs> you know, and I had a, a good memory. And I paid attention to class as much as I could. And I knew the answers. Are you with me? In the kingdom of God, you need to know the answers. And we, we got the answer books called the Bible. In fact, you know the author. That's the good thing about it. And he, he helps you when you're taking a test. Amen? Ask him. He'll help you. You have not because you ask not. But again, you need to know the promises. We're to be doers of the word, not just hearers only, not just being someone who audits the class. Most churches are people that just audit but I like to do what I've heard. Amen? Because the doer's blessed, according to the Word of God. Now, let me give you a practical illustration of this as we sort of wind this up here. Again, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. The word cast means to throw. This is what it means, just to throw. You know, you throw a basketball, you throw a baseball. And... Uh, it tells me to take all my worries, anxieties, and fears and throw them to Jesus. Now, how do I do that? This is, how, this is something I learned years ago, and I, even to this day, I do it from time to time. If something is, is building up, taking my thought life, that's causing me to worry, I get a piece of paper out, and I write out the top of it, cares of this life. Now, as, as a pastor, again, many times, I, I didn't do a whole lot of counseling, but many times when you... You have people counseling, you hear the situations and circumstances, you think, oh my gosh, it's horrible, all this stuff happening in their life. <laughs> you know, they sit in church and smile, but, you know, there's stuff, people going through some stuff. And so, and sometimes that would try to get on me. Cause, you know, cause I, as a pastor, I, I want to see people well, I want to see them prospering in health. You know, amen? It's their soul prospers. So I write, take a piece of paper and write, casting uh, cares of this life. And I'll number them down. If someone came to me was going through a marriage problem, I'd say, brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so have a bad, need some adjustments in their marriage. They need the love walk, develop, whatever. And I'd write that down. If it's a financial need, I'd write that down. And again, there's all kinds of things. As a pastor, you, you hear. It, it, sometimes it, it could shock you. 
<laughs> Some things I've heard, people, situations and circumstances. And so I just write them down. Now, I say, Lord Jesus, you said I'm to cast all my cares on you. I can't worry about this situation. Only you can fix this. You're the, you're the way maker. We sing that song, don't we? Huh? Amen. You, you can take this thing and you can turn it around. Another song we sing. He turns it around. And so I'm not going to carry this care. I'm going to give it to you. That waste can sitting over there in the corner. That's my mailbox to heaven. I'm going to give that this, this list of cares and I crumble it up into a ball. And I throw it. Usually I miss. I have to get up and put it in the can. But yeah. And I'll say this, Lord Jesus, you said I'm to cast all my cares upon you for you care for me. I'm not going to worry about this any longer. When Satan comes and puts this thought into my mind, I will remind him that you have it now and I'm not carrying it. And that's why I lasted over 43 years pastor without a mental breakdown. <laughs> Are you with me? Because I learned not to carry the cares. Now I'm just, you can do this at home. You need to do it. Say, Lord, I'm mailing this to you. See, when you write it down, it crystallizes. It gets it out of your head and puts it on a piece of paper. This helps you. This, this didn't cost you anything here tonight. Amen. This is good advice. This will make you live longer. And your hair, I don't know, I can't say about hair. Mine's, it's in the jeans, what can I say? Both my grandfathers were bald. <laughs> they say it skips a generation. So I was in trouble before that ever happened. Amen. <laughs> but write them down. I, I, preached, like I, said, I preached this message in Siberia one time. And I had them all get the piece of paper out. And it was a, this many people or more. And they, I said, just throw them all up here to the altar. And man, all of a sudden these papers came flying at me. <laughs> They won't do that again, you know. And wear goggles on our preaching. But get it out of you, give it to him. He cares for you. You're the object of his love and interest. But faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This is one way of diligently seeking him or seeking first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And God will take care of it. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 4 here again. I don't, I'm not noted to be a long preacher. If you're going to be long, you better be good. Amen. <laughs> People usually don't fall asleep if I'm preaching anyhow. Philippians chapter 4. Hold on a second, but I get it here. Again, we find out we're supposed to be careful for nothing. Amen. Hallelujah. Everything in everything. Why do I say that? Because some people thank God for everything. That's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. In everything we give thanks. In the midst of what we're going through. And, uh, you know, we go through the fire. Amen. Don't camp out there. Keep moving. <laughs> Some people, uh, they use circumstances and situations that are negative to get attention. And that, you know, you can die by being negative. And I'm, not, I'm not, not talking about positive thinking here. I'm talking about the positiveness of the Word of God. God's Word is greater than what I'm facing. Amen. Again, be careful for nothing. And verse 7 again. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. I mean, it'll just come in your heart and mind and just can't explain it. You're at peace. You know God has it. You know, the, the, there's angels that work on our behalf. Amen. And things are happening. Even though I don't see it, 
I know it's happening. Things are changing. Circumstances are changing. But I have to keep my faith on what God has said. I got to hold fast my profession of my faith. Amen. I got to call those things which be not as though they are. Anybody can call something that is as though it is. But faith calls those things which do not appear. They do appear really in the realm of spirit. And it's working. Amen. And again here, and the peace of God passes on, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Then he, here, verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. A good report. You ever read in the Old Testament where the ten spies came back with an evil report? Joshua and Caleb had a good report. The lands are as God. Just you said, like you said, there's flowing with milk and honey. Let's go take it. But there was an evil report. And that's something that's negative or contrary to what God has said. So that's what you're to think about. Things of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard, seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. So again, it's all conditioned if you do the word. If you just audit the class. Are you with me? Then the peace of God will do this in your life. Like I said in that story about the Three Mile Island, I mean, the peace of God came in our bedroom, and that was the last time I was ever worried about nuclear power. Amen. Like I said, I wouldn't go walk in a, in a reactor, but <laughs> I'm not going to test, test God. Are you with me? <laughs> but I'm not going to be afraid of nuclear power. So it's up to you what you do with what you hear. Amen? You can say, well, that's a nice, nice sermon, Pastor. Or you can actually do the Word. So when you get home tonight, get your pencil and paper out. Some of you probably have more words than you, you realize. You write them down. And, oh, yeah. Something that's been taking up your thought life. Give it to Jesus. He cares for you. Amen. You learn anything here tonight? A couple of heads are shaking. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that we can look at your word here tonight and we can actually literally cast our cares on you because you do care for us. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit who helps each one of us in our, in our midst of what we're, whatever we're facing. Thank you, Lord, that we have boldness to, to obtain grace in our time of need. And we thank you, Lord God, you care for us. And you want us to shine as lights in this world. The world is without hope, but we have a greater hope. We are the lights of this world, and we are to shine so people will see you working in our lives and what we have. Thank you, Lord, for that. We want to be dispensers of your grace and mercy and love. And we thank you that we have the privilege to be called sons and daughters of you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Where's our wonderful worship leader, Brother John? Oh my, he just appears out of nowhere. And he... You're blessed to have a guy like John here. John and, I, John and I go way back. He's a great worship leader, great man of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm blessed. How about you guys? Good stuff. You know, I saw some. Let's stand up together. I mean, I know we don't have crumpled up paper or whatever to throw. But I, but I was just thinking, what if we all just like closed our eyes and think of the number one thing that may be concerning you? And just, just in your heart say, God, I give this over to you.
and just give it a toss. What do you say? So everybody close your eyes. If you got a concern right now, something that's been weighing you down, taking up your thought life, just picture it. Put it in your hand. And on the count of three, we're going to toss it front, right? One, two, three. You're free from it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's not as good as the paper, but I don't know. I just thought we should do that. Woo! I will call upon the Lord. The word says that if we call upon the name of Jesus, we will be saved. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the idea. Say, say to yourself, say, I want to do some of that. I want some of that in me. Don't contain it. Let it out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. He gave it all for you and me. He gave it all for you and me. Hallelujah. It's our reasonable service to give it all for him. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> you guys probably get tired of me saying this. Let it loose. Praise him. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Woo! So much better. So much better. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for all that took place tonight. We thank you for your word that enriches our lives. We thank you for your spirit dwelling among us. God, continue to guide us. Help us to be doers of the word. Not hearers only, but we have to take what we've heard and do it. So God, prompt us by your spirit. And we'd accomplish everything that you lay before us. Thank you, God. You're so good to us. We rejoice in you. We thank you for the freedom that we have in this country where we can come and worship. Nobody's going to come in here and chase us out. We can freely worship you and proclaim your goodness. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Everybody said amen. So I want to remind you, as you're leaving, we're going to have a basket in the back there for David. So go ahead and bless him. Love on him by uh, summoning his ministry. Amen. And one way we love God, by loving one another. So love one another. If someone needs some gas, I know it's expensive, but go ahead and put it in their tank for them. Make sure everyone's needs are met. In Jesus' name, amen. says praise the Lord all you servants of the Lord who minister by night in the house of the Lord lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord aren't you glad about that you know there is something about lifting your hands you know some people might say well you know I'm just not expressive like that I just that's just not my style just just try this with me I want you to just go like this and say, I worship you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Now go like this and say, praise the Lord. I worship you, Lord. See, what's the difference there? There's like an openness, a receptiveness in your posture on the inside that's just not there when you're like this. There's just a closed downness. So if you can't be expressive, be biblical. 
says, lift your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who is the maker of heaven and earth. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, you servants of the Lord, you who minister in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. That just covers all of us. You're servants of the Lord, aren't you? Praise the Lord, for he is good. See, that's a good reason. He's good. And what he does is good. And he's done some very good things for you and I. Sing praise to his name, for that is pleasant. See, if you need some pleasantness in your home, in, your, in the atmosphere, just start singing. You need, need that at, you know, stinky, icky atmosphere just to go. You need a pleasantness. Sing praises to the Lord. For the Lord has chosen Jacob to be his own. Israel to be his treasured possession. There's another reason to praise God. You are his treasured possession. He's chosen you. Amen? All right, well, let's give him praise. Let's worship him tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's just do that tonight. Let's just lift him up. Praise his holy name. Word says that he's enthroned upon the praises of his people. Are you his people? Yeah. Let's build him a good throne tonight, okay? Amen. Praise is a highway. Praise is a highway to the throne of God. Praise is a highway to the heart of God. Praise is a highway to the move of God. Bless you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you're with us tonight. We just celebrate your presence here. And we praise you, everything that is within us. We give you praise and we exalt your name. Lord, I just thank you for each and every one that came out tonight. We just thank you in advance for this service, for what you're going to do tonight in our hearts. We take authority over anything and any spirit that would come against to disrupt. And Lord, we just declare victory. We declare peace upon this people and upon this house in the name of Jesus and amen. While you're at Church of the Word International and one way we love God is by loving each other. So grab somebody, greet them, tell them you're glad they're here. Children are dismissed, teachers are dismissed. All right, well, we're glad for all of you that are we're here for worship and those of you that are coming in now. I'd like to especially welcome anyone that's here for the very first time. This is your first time at Church of the Word International. You just raised your hand, wave at us all. I guess I don't, I don't see anybody. Oh, over here. Welcome to Church of the Word. Can we give them a hand clap? <laughs> we're glad you're with us tonight. All right, well, we're going to prepare to return the tithe to the Lord this evening. And so if you need a cash envelope for your giving... Just raise your hand. The ushers will bring one to you. If you're giving by check, you can make it out to Church of the Word International or CWI. If you're giving by credit card, please fill out all of the blanks. And we've asked Brother Doug Rule to come and share on finances, exhort us a little bit on tithes, offering, giving, whatever the Lord's put on his heart. So Doug, come and bless the people. Good evening. How are you guys doing? Good. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, right? Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Jen and Pastor Sid, for the opportunity to share real brief, briefly tonight what the Lord's put on, put on my heart. But um, for those of you that don't know, my name is Doug Rule, and my wife, Kirsten, and I have uh, five very energetic and rambunctious kids uh, aging in range from 11 to 1. And when the world shut down in 2020... Um, we were invited by good friends of ours, Robin and Mim, to come to their church that didn't shut down. And we're sure glad we took them up on that offer, and we've been very blessed to be here since then uh, for a little over two years now. 
and we've been uh, very encouraged and blessed by this church family. But as I was praying this week, uh, the Lord highlighted Galatians chapter 6 to me, and specifically in chapter 6, starting in verse 7, it says, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked, a man reaps whatever he sows. And the word that he highlighted to me was the word whatever. A lot of times when we talk about sowing and reaping, we think about finances, giving of the tithe and and receiving a blessing back from God. But there's a lot of other ways that we can sow into the kingdom of God, right? Two years ago when we made the transition to come to church here, we were in a very much so a transition in our lives. The Lord was taking us out of full-time occupation and into full-time ministry, which was going to require two years of schooling. And um, in that journey, right after we made the decision in August of 2020 to go to school and to resign my job as a public school teacher, we found out shortly after that we were pregnant with our fifth child. And so we were going through a lot of changes and a lot of transitions, and it really wasn't an ideal time in our life to take on added responsibilities. But the Lord put it on our heart to um, invest in CWI, and uh, particularly the children of CWI. And so about a year and a half ago, we decided to uh, start serving in kids' ministry here. And it's just been amazing to see uh, the fruits and the reaping that we've received as a family and our children specifically from that decision. Not just because of the truth that's being put into their heart every week when they come here and the love that they're receiving from their teachers and their friends, but also outside of CWI, the Lord has orchestrated relationships with people in our lives that have been so intentional with our kids, that have been investing in our kids, that have been coming alongside of us as parents uh, to help steward them, to teach them the truth, and to set them and set an example for them. And so hallelujah to the Lord that a lot of times we immediately see the reaping of how we're sowing, even in ways that's not just financial. And so a question that I have for you tonight is, what might the Holy Spirit be tugging on your heart about as a way of sowing into the kingdom? Obviously, sowing into this ministry financially is a wonderful way to do that, but we're not limited to that, right? Maybe he's laying it upon your heart to give in a way of your time. Maybe you're like me. Maybe over the years it's been easier for you to write a check than it has been to give of your time, and that's been the struggle for me. But when we give of ourselves, the Lord says that he will give a return to us. So what is he tugging on your heart about? Is it serving somewhere in this church? Maybe it's building relationships with a coworker. Maybe it's making a big good for a neighbor and starting a relationship there to hopefully see a salvation and see them come to the Lord. Maybe it's going to your local school board meeting and praying during the meeting for change within the public school system. There's so many things that we can do to be sowing into the kingdom of God. And you might be sitting there and saying, well, that's a great story, Doug. That's touching that you sowed into the church and you feel like your kids are being blessed, but I've been sowing in in a certain way or a certain area of my life and it hasn't come to fruition. I haven't reaped what I feel like should have come from the sowing that I'm doing. Um, in Galatians 6, later on in verse 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Key word here being will. God has promised that he will, that we will reap when we sow. And it doesn't always happen in our timing. Think about our brother Joseph from the book of Genesis. He was faithful to his father Jacob. He served him through all of his adolescence. And then what happened? He was sold into slavery at the age of 17. He goes to Egypt and Potiphar purchases him and he faithfully serves Potiphar. He even denies himself and makes incredibly uh, moral and righteous decisions to restrain himself from sexual immorality and he's thrown into prison. I have to imagine at some point when he was in the dungeon of a prison and at the lowest of lows that he was questioning this truth about God. Does he really, will he, will we really reap when we sow? But we know the ending to that story. When Joseph was 30, he came out of prison and he became second in command in the most powerful nation in the world. And praise the Lord that he had a plan for Joseph that was greater than he could have even imagined. And so... I just want to encourage you tonight, if you're in that place, 
where you've been sowing, maybe with your time, maybe with your relationships, maybe you've been praying for a loved one and pouring into them and you haven't seen the life change, you haven't seen the, re- the, the relationship with the Lord change, or you haven't seen the salvation, or maybe you've been pl- praying for political systems or pol- political figures, or maybe you've been praying for education and you haven't seen the changes that you want to cha- see. God is a faithful God, and God gives us a promise that he will, that we will see a harvest of the things that we sow into. So I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward. And, oh, they're already forward. It's fantastic. And I'm going to ask them to pass the baskets. And as we do that, I just want us to take 30 seconds, maybe 60 seconds to just quiet ourselves and ask the Holy Spirit, is there something you're tugging on my heart in a way that you want me to sow into your kingdom? Is there an area that I've been hesitant to or I have been unwilling to, whether it's my finances, my time, my other resources, my talents that I haven't been willing to, that you want me to do that now. And if you're at that place where you're struggling a bit or you haven't seen the harvest yet from the way that you've been sowing, I just want you to quiet yourself with the Lord and reaffirm your stance of his promise to you and your agreement with that promise. One of the verses that my wife Kirsten and I have been standing on the last two years as we've been making um, some financial sacrifices to go to school and we haven't yet seen the, the reaping of that is Matthew nineteen twenty nine. It says, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wives or children for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will in turn in, in, inherit eternal life. So let's go to our father who loves us so much and who has great plans for us. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come and make your presence so rich in this room this evening, Lord. I just ask you to bless each person that's set aside an evening for themselves to come, to bring their family, their children. Lord, that there would be exchanges that take place in this room tonight within our hearts, Lord. Um, And I just thank you for uh, the ways that you pour into us and that you're a faithful God and that you are true to your promises. And for each person in this room, Lord, that is contending to see the harvest of the way that they've been sowing, Lord, Uh, We just come into agreement and say yes and amen to all of your promises, Lord, and that those things will come to fruition. And we just bless the tithe tonight and the way that your people are so generous to give. And Lord, we just know that you will use this money and multiply it to further your kingdom. And we bless that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Doug. You can't cheat the law of sowing and reaping. It's the whole, it's the way the kingdom of God works, one of the principles it operates in and on. So thank you for sharing. A couple of things to mention in our bulletin this evening. The next date for youth uh, impact, youth and young adults, is going to be on July 17th. They're going to be helping with BBS set up, so plan to attend that. I'm sure they're going to appreciate many hands. It makes light work. Also, on that note, VBS is starting soon, so just a couple of weeks. So if you um, haven't registered your kids, I'm sure we'll have that open soon for that. You can mark your calendars for August 28th. That's our CWI summer picnic. And how many of you plan to celebrate on Monday or tomorrow, fourth the, no, Independence Day? We've got to break this habit. You know, I was thinking about Independence Day, and that's the day we celebrate the day that our forefathers collectively, unanimously decided we're going to be a nation. We are going to step out. And you know, they didn't celebrate that last day that Great Britain decided to pack up their bags and go home. It was, look, they still had the whole battle to win. We celebrate the day they got that they were unanimous and in unity on this vision of one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. See, that works even in in spiritual things. They didn't have it yet. They got together, and we celebrate the day they got it on the inside. You can say, well, yeah, they did have it because they had it on the inside. It always starts with a vision on the inside. But they had the battles to fight yet. Are you grateful? Are Are we thankful? There was men that fought with their lives 
with their limbs, financial ruin, for you and I to, to live in a land of freedom? And are we going to do everything in our power, in our responsibility, to not let it slip from our hands? So I just, you know, whether you're celebrating tomorrow or, or Monday, I want you to celebrate and I want you to have it be more than just a cookout. I want you to remember what's been paid for with blood. And you know, Jesus, he paid for our liberty with his blood. The greatest sacrifice of all. You know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is. Amen. So let's celebrate freedom. All right. As you can see, our pastor's not with us tonight. He's in uh, Colorado. And I just, uh, can I just brag on him a little bit? Is that okay? He's doing so good. <laughs> yeah, the grace of God has, has been on him so strong. Like from the first lesson, the instructor was just astounded at him. <laughs> he said, you know, he said, I, I wasn't quite, because see, he's an experiment. This is, um, he's, they're planning to get his license in two weeks. They've never done this. He's the experiment. Oh, okay, well, he's getting his pilot's license. I'm not sure. Maybe that wasn't announced. <laughs> but okay, well, to, for those of you that weren't here, Pastor Sid's getting his pilot's license because the Lord said to. So he's, he's obeying the word of the Lord, and he felt an urgency to get it quickly rather than drag it out um, months upon months. So, so they weren't sure if, he could, if they could do this in, in two weeks. Um, he asked them, how fast can we do this? And they thought maybe two weeks. Well, the first day, the first lesson, they're like just amazed. I think he actually was landing the plane that first day. And they're like, okay, I think we can do this. I th they kept saying, you're just a natural. You just, you just got a natural ability for this. So he's done his solo. He's passed his ground school test. And he's out flying the plane today, I know, on his own. Just him and the Holy Ghost up there in the air. Now, he still has to fly. I think he's, he still has to pass the, the, the solo run. I mean, like where he goes like six hours away or something like that. So that's coming up this weekend. But they have full confidence that he's going to be able to do this and be able to return home on the 10th. So we give God the glory for that. And so he's been asking 